I've got to, uh, here we go. Let me get a little art direction going on in this scene. Yo, I love, okay. We have to, we have to address. I love that right there and then you had to fix the camera behind you to like a certain angle. Yeah, do you, do you have ADHD or ADD just like me sometimes? No, not at no? all. You I don't think so? I have, I know I don't. I'm actually kind of the opposite. I'm hyper focused. Uh -huh. <laughs> but to my detriment, sometimes I feel like um, that's, uh, I, now, like when I saw it, I had to do it, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I, but I don't feel like distracted by it. I'm like, oh, just let me, time to do it <laughs> <laughs> you you never know because i i always thought that you always had to make things kind of the way like when you enter a room um yeah i mean i think that's part of like my design practice mm -hmm. holistically um are we doing this podcast right now is this it of course okay yeah, wow maybe. we're diving right in i mean for me that's always been a part of it, whether it's my space, the studio, my apartment, the work itself. There's a lot of just sort of fine adjustment in kind of a fun or playful way where it's like, I see something and I think, hmm, like what if I could put that over there? Or what if it kind of looked this way? Or what if it went with these two other things? I'm always thinking that way. My coffee table and bookshelves are sort of like a revolving practice with that of, you know, rearranging, finding fun color combinations or stack. It's kind of how I walk in and <laughs> deal with settling into a space <laughs> no because i'm looking at you right now it's just like picture perfect you know it's oh like thank every, you everything has to be in frame you got your it's like 100 degrees out there and you got your you know sweater over we're both wearing white tees just i've got the ac cranked to be clear but okay. yeah um it's you know it's like it's not one of those um art directed sort of like minimalist mm -hmm. scenarios here. I mean, there's stuff everywhere, but it's kind of the things i like to see around and the things I like to be inspired by. And it's like, it's a lot of my lifeline, especially the books is mm -hmm. having those things around and within sight. It's really, it's really nice to, to be surrounded by the things that I draw inspiration from or just like looking at. I just want to do a whole photo shoot at your house, even though I know you've done photo shoots at your house. Yeah, um, people have started to do it more and more, either just using the space for the light or the windows or what have you, or actually using my sort of arrangement and my styling as a, a set too. So yeah, hit me up. <laughs> just want to be like a snow angel in the middle of your floor, laid flat out like a starfish <laughs> or something. Yeah. Surrounding me. Let me grab my little beverageino over here so i can um not clear my throat twenty five thousand times on this one oh second. yeah no didn't soak it up andrew he's got the planter he's got books stacked okay we're back we are back baby we're back i just love that yeah you got noguchi lamps everywhere i gotta ask we we kind of have similar apartments even though i'm i'm moving apartments currently but I have a Noguchi table and I have the USM haulers. Did I get them first or did you get them right after me? I actually have no idea. Um, I've had, 
I've had no Gucci in my life for a lot of years. Um, and the USM was actually sort of um, not planned, but it's something I was aware of. I was actually going for the, uh, what are those? The, not the Vitra shelving system at one point, but I thought it was too complicated and I had built a lot of um, my own sort of shelving systems. Right in previous apartments um, out of just, you know, lumberyard wood, stuff like that. But the Howler stuff came up because a German bank decided to move their New York headquarters out of the city during the pandemic. And they were all in on a system for all of their office. This guy, Abel, bought a warehouse full of it and was on Craigslist. Abel Um, like the weekend? Exactly like the weekend, except for he's like a 50 something year old Jewish guy and he's very sweet. And, you know, we just texted back and forth and he kind of like set me up with some stuff, but I, I picked it up in 2020. I've been thankful for it. You know, it's been a good place for me to store stuff that I don't want to look at all the time. It's clean and it helps to anchor such like a bright white empty space with some some depth and some some metal my couch is also like black and chrome and so right i like that connection too but i also love that it's something that can grow with you i'm redoing some of them right now with some new elements so that mm-hmm. they have bins on the inside and um they're going to be dropped to become more of like a console instead of a chest of drawers so that always appealed to me too oh drop top yeah i don't know neck and neck you can show show receipts, but um, I have no idea, to be honest. I didn't know you had them, actually, until you mentioned it. So, right Oh, now. really? Oh, yeah, yeah. hot take. No, I, I think it's funny when people Instagram story their apartments. Like, I'm watching a show, and then my TV's on top of my haulers. A lot of people's TVs are on top of their haulers, and then... But then people would just DM me, like, are you selling your USMs? I'm like, no. Yeah, I mean, they're a great media console. They're kind of like the right height at a single um, height. Do you have the ones with also the little compartment above the main drawer too? I wish, I wish, no. Yeah, Um, well, yeah, I can see why. I actually really don't feel competitive in that way. I think that it's really inspiring especially when design is good enough for people to, to recognize it's like value, both aesthetically and functionally. Right. And so like, you know, obviously there's sort of a mimetic transfer of certain interior pieces and like that kind of probably gave us like this squiggly blob shaped mirrors and stuff that you see everywhere. But also I think it has a good side of like being able to recognize people doing interesting things. I think USM is beautiful and functional if a bit too expensive, I think buying vintage is the right way to go with those. But I agree. I do. I do appreciate it. Competitive, though, are you? About what? In a different sense, not with like furniture or like living spaces, but like outside. I do you play sports? No, I. I actually am not ashamed to admit. I think it's a funny detail that I was so averse to like team sports and stuff mm-hmm. as a kid i got a written waiver that i had to get 
approved through like the administration of my high school to get out of PE so that I could, I wanted to focus more on music and I, <laughs> I got a waiver to get out of PE for my last two years of high school so that I could be in both concert band, jazz band and jazz choir. Wow. And PE was a thing I was like, that's got to go. So I never really did team sports. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got that sort of like team group sensibility through like playing ensembles and that was really fun. But yeah, competitively though, I'm always competing against myself. That's kind of where I'm looking. Wow. If I do physical stuff, it's like running or I've had like spurts of lifting weights a lot and stuff. And it's all kind of pushing myself. So, um, to answer your question, no, I'm not like looking at other people's uh, traps on the internet and trying to like get bigger than that because, <laughs> um, you know, this is not not where I'm at. I just thought that sometimes a lot of people are in competition when it comes to like, especially in this city, trying to like one up someone or whatever. But I always tell people to just like obviously stay in their own lane and not care about other people and. But like definitely in your circle, kind of, you know, uplift everyone's projects together, work together type beat. But that's that's good. That's wild to hear that it's yourself. You know, you're like in competition with yourself or something. I haven't heard. Yeah. That. Well, it's funny you mentioned like within my circle. I'm not really clear on what my circle is. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I feel like I kind of know a lot of people in a lot of different places, but in terms of like, if we're talking like about work, mm -hmm. you know, our studio is like maybe shoulder to shoulder with some other studios in certain ways, but um, in another way, it's like, this is New York and everything is bottomless, you know, and there's enough for everyone to do well and even do similar things. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that there's like a, someone else is eating somebody else's lunch by doing well. Um, it is fun to see people really succeed and become superstars. I'm really inspired by that. I don't know, maybe a few years ago or five years ago or seven or 10, I don't know. I would have felt like I had a different answer to this question. But now I really just feel pretty supported by the work I get to do here and like definitely supported by friends and collaborators um even clients and like um yeah it, it has pretty much nothing to do with like how well anyone else is doing you know i think that um has been maybe a healthy shift maybe i would have answered differently again years ago but that's how i feel now you want to be a superstar define that designers turning into superstars artists turning into superstars it's like your peers that are still your friends but then they are now in the limelight and you know they're in playing arenas they're having gallery openings with big names so if i were to answer that question do i want to be a superstar i don't want to be a superstar i just want my work out there yeah i think i'm a little bit more toward the latter in that you know defining what superstar is you know i the arena does not appeal to me but like trying to make the work as good as possible if we're again talking about work is is like the arena for me and if it keeps getting better and better and i know that it is and then having the sort of 
gumption to put it out there, like that's making it to me, like regardless of follower count or whatever, you know, other metric you might apply there. Like I just, if I feel like the work's really good, then that's, that's it to me. Right. And that I feel changed by the process and that I learned something and push myself. That's where it's at for me. I don't pay attention to follower count, except for the fact that if I start following a lot of accounts more than my follower account, then that's not a good sign. <laughs> I think about too, like who I actually want to be recognized by and in, in what way I'd like to be recognized. And I feel really happy that the people who do know what I do or value what I do. I feel really happy that they are those people and that the ones who know, know. And I, I don't feel like I'm having to market to them or to like promote myself. It's just comes through some like mutual understanding or friendship or community. And that feels really nice to me. Like that feels more like what I'm after than sort of flag waving. The real ones now. <laughs> yeah. The long way. <laughs> exactly. Rashad and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Disarm. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. Rate and comment the Wear Many Hats show on Apple Podcasts and drop five stars on Spotify. WMH and Disarm is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Andrew J.S. is an art director, designer, photographer, and composer based in New York. Andrew is the creative director and founding partner at Collect an independent agency for new identities. I first met Andrew when he was a frequent guest at Homecoming Coffee, where we used to chat about what we were up to, what projects we were doing, and where we were traveling to next. NDA or no NDA, we were all about learning about each other's lives through what we were putting out into the world. Collect NYC, Cafe Collect, Whatever the next collect may be, we're looking forward to it. We will learn what the JS stands for by the end of this podcast. Please welcome Andrew JS to wear many hats. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> I feel like you answered most everything there, except there's a few maybe pieces that need to be updated. But yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I was actually looking at a photo that I took of you this morning with your with your son, with your dog, Bruno. Yeah, my child. I took that photo out front of the restaurant. What's what's the restaurant in Williamsburg? They also have one in East Village. This neighborhood is all copy paste. So we're <laughs> gonna have to, have to narrow it down. <laughs> but I was actually adding it to the photos the 25 images that i submitted to public announcement this morning and Mm. 
I was, you know, happy to see your face throughout the peace sign and that that landed in the 25 images. So I can't wait until it comes out. That's cool you're doing that. I, I really admire what they do at Public Announcement. It's done to death projects and I forget the other person's name. But yeah, Tommy Tran, who is a developer that works with us at our studio, also works with them. And that's how we got connected. I really love the consistency of that platform that they've created with Public Announcement. And it's a fun exercise that um, doesn't ask a lot of the guests, but also I think is a an interesting way to sort of tell a story. And it could be, you know, whatever's happening in the moment for you. Mm. And it's pretty low stakes, but then the output at the end is like really fun. So I, I love that they've committed to like a very specific format. And um, I think it's cool you're doing one. We did one, I think about a year ago. Um, but yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think James Ellis is the other guy. That's that's, that's a right. public announcement. And then also the photo was out front of Cafe Mogador, obviously the classic. That's right. Um, I must have been walking. Oh, I was walking by. That's right. Because it's on the way to the park. Yeah. Which park do you go to? To Ben Bruno. Since Bruno's been around, I think the summer after his first summer on earth we had heard about this park and for some reason i'd lived so close to it being greenpoint mm -hmm. um but had never really gone over um there and a friend luke um and reb have this little dog pocket and they said they had been going over there especially during lockdown it was like nice um but it's bushwick inlet slash marsha p johnson state mm -hmm. park which is both a state and city park like Butted right up next to each other so depending on which side of the fence you're on you're either in the state or the or the uh city park but yeah he is very passionate about swimming i try to take him there as much as i can so that's that's where we go up on north ninth past the soccer pitch over the hill and into the, the little sandy beach there oh, that's a great that's a great part to take bruno yeah he loves it i love, I love it too space. um it's like in terms of New York too, where it's like you're kind of like desperate for more serene experiences. Uh, it's parks that really do that for me, but that's a fun one because it's such a great view of Manhattan and there's water and he loves it. So it's a nice place to, to end the day. What kind of dog is Bruno? He's a Weimaraner. He is a petite Weimaraner though. He's 65 pounds. They can be a lot bigger. So He's big, but he's at the low end of big. He's like the same height as you. When he stands up, he's pretty tall, yeah. But he's, uh, he's, yeah. He, he definitely rides the line between, sometimes I look at him and he looks like he's a little cartoon puppy. And other times I'm like, that is a, an Olympic athlete. <laughs> I was definitely going to say an Olympic dog. If there was like the Olympics for dogs bruno needs to be in it for sure yeah he's definitely like it's like having a four-year-old around he's mm -hmm. kind of too smart for his own good he's curious but with like the athletic ability of usain bolt like he's <laughs> so it's a lot to handle sometimes but he's mostly 
he's mostly a very good boy. Wow. Fast. Very fast. He only has a few dog friends that are about as fast as him. They can outwit him at the end of like a chase for a ball, for instance, because Mm. he's like going a little too fast and he'll like blow past and can't slow down in time. And they might actually get the ball because they're not going as fast. Everyone can win. (laughs) Everyone can win. I don't know what it's like to have a dog because I've never owned a dog before. My parents going out. I've had every type of pet except for a cat or a dog, but now my parents have cats. I definitely am like a cat person, but I would benefit from having a dog. Like I, I feel like it changes everything. Honestly, everything that you do. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's funny. I don't really think of myself as like owner. It's really, I feel this way about most animals. Like they're incredible, complex, emotional beings that, have so much spark and personality and I really feel like I'm just living with this other entity and I feel really grateful to be able to do that but there are things you know obviously he can't handle living in this human world and Mm -hmm. I take care of those things and sometimes those can be big huge chores but on the other hand it's just you know a lot of learning from them and being surprised it's a lot of fun and they they ask a lot but they give way more than they ask yeah in my opinion. Uh, I I know that you go to Paris a lot. I can't thank you enough for sending me Paris Rex. They like kind of saved me. It, I went when I was a kid, but as an adult, that was the first time and I had the <clears> best time ever. Wouldn't you wish to bring Bruno to Paris if you could? Definitely. That's hopefully in the cards. I was just there a couple weeks ago and um I have friends who have dogs there too. And I got to spend some time like walking their dogs around when they were busy. And that was really fun. But yeah, there's like nice off-leash situations there. And I think Paris is just quite a bit calmer than New York in general. So like for both of our nervous systems sakes, I think that'd be fun. It's also a lot easier to get out of Paris, like on the train. Mm -hmm. Um, I popped down to Marseille for a couple of days to see a furniture pop up. Um, like gallery 54 but i noticed um going between two cities that there are a lot of dogs on the train and that made me really happy so i just think about opportunities that way i think he would look great in a little striped shirt too so yeah i can say it i get (laughs) i didn't want to say it but you know (laughs) at least you you did did you have you ever put a beret on have you ever dressed the part? Yeah. 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 I like berets. I think they're great. Such a nice alternative to like a beanie in the winter. Like put on a right. wool, nice wool hat, you know. Um, it's it's not as much of an affectation as you might think. Right. Um, it can be, but so can anything. It's not for just painters anymore. Absolutely not. I mean, hats are already... Um, a semiotic morass in like <laughs> New York. It's like the miniature variations of the New York hat. It really is. You know, the sign and symbol are like no longer connected. It's just like uh, a nightmare. But yeah, I think I think on the hat offense list now, berets like probably 
toward the bottom. <laughs> like it really is. There's a lot worse out there you could do than a beret. I'm sure you can get one on it, like on Canal Street for the tourists if you just want if you just want to walk around. I haven't been down to Canal Street in a minute, to be honest with you. I don't think I can I can take all that. I feel like as we get older, I just can't get into all of like the running around anymore. I just need something quiet a little bit. I'm feeling Yeah, that. I feel that. I feel that a little bit. Um Canal is like very hectic obviously i like to pop down there sometimes um i have a couple new york hats from there that are really nice actually um but i don't like make a point of going to canal street unless there's a really good reason it's like going to the bathroom at the canal street mcdonald's or something but <laughs> um you know that's only an emergency trip i would say i steer clear i'm glad that it exists it's fun but you know not something you want to make a habit. <laughs> One of my favorite things to see when you post on your stories is you riding in the city bike through on the Williamsburg Bridge. Because I've been doing that since I was a kid. But for some odd reason, you make it look like a romantic, like kind of scenery, like a film or a movie. And usually I'm just like, hustling and bustling or just like hitting a pebble and I'm just <laughs> gotta go you know yours is like tote bag ready to go some type of like not Scorsese but like a Coppola film maybe wow high price um for an e-bike rider <laughs> I I think the e-bike makes it more possible um but you know I actually just found out this is not to gloat or anything, but I found out that I'm in the top 1% of city bike riders and I ride city bike all the time. I love it. It's my favorite way to see New York. I vastly prefer it to walking even. And I love that you don't have to worry about your bike getting stolen, but I was totally humbled by this too, because the the way they calculate this is like how many stations you've explored. I've, I've put in like, you know, thousands, some things of miles. I don't know. But out of the total number of stations, it's like the tiniest fraction that I've actually visited, but I'm still in the top 1% of people that have, I, I think I've been to like 250 or 210, I don't remember, somewhere in there, but there's still so much left to explore. You know, there's like thousands of them. So yeah, it was very eye-opening to think that there's so much more exploring you can do. And I'm sure people do it on their own bikes, but- right. Yeah, so much New York to see on city bike. Aren't you glad for like technology like that to give you some type of awareness of what, where you're clocking in? And, you know, I, what like one thing I admire is the step count that the iPhone has or just any yeah. type of phone, I guess. So I can just measure my steps. I, I check it once in a while, not every day, but. I think it's good for a city like this just to keep yourself in check, you know, and you're just keeping healthy, but wasn't like that before. Yeah. I like that too. Um, I also sort of like challenge myself. I feel attacked by the fitness app sometimes where it's like, you didn't close your move ring yesterday. Let's try right. to, and I'm like, come on. I had like you know, other stuff to do, but I do feel good that I'm always over 10,000 
steps, like almost without fail. That's largely due to being around the city with Bruno. But um, also it's fun to see over time to like what I was doing last year versus this year and like to see some consistency there and some differences and like just to understand why from a number standpoint um, that might be, but it's nice to have it. You did you just say close out your what like what what did I so you can set like a reminder to like make sure you get the right amount of steps and uh-huh. they call it your your move ring it's like a progress Whoa. wheel so it's, it's opposed to it being like a bar you complete the ring uh-huh. and then anything after that is like bonus but um anyway if you don't do it for whatever reason say you have like a ton of meetings and then like you have to go somewhere and sit at an event or whatever you might not close it but when i feel attacked is when you wake up the next morning and it's like hey andrew you didn't close your move ring yesterday like (laughs) let's try to see if you can do it today it's a little bit patronizing and it's like it is i could have done it yesterday but i had other stuff to do so that's what i could probably turn that off maybe i actually set myself up for that one right anyway that's the move ring no i i thought it was like a different type of because every now these days there's rings for any like your how you're feeling and that's what i thought it was but yeah to hear that it just feels oh, like, a mo- oh. like a mood ring you're talking <laughs> about a mood ring and i was like andrew i know you don't please let me get that i do, I do not have that. a mood ring let me get that straight but yeah to hear that it's like you didn't get any, you didn't accomplish what you thought that you would accomplish that day because of or what they you. thought you should accomplish. But exactly, you know, and I can brush it off. It's a push notification. That clear all button, beautiful, beautiful um, OS feature. It really is. Yeah, I was gonna say Chef's Kiss of that, but actually, speaking of Chef's Kiss, you are like a chef in the kitchen, aren't you? I wouldn't use the C word, but like, I love to make food. I love to cook something I've done for a long time. It's just bringing back images in my mind of all the dishes that you've cooked that I had to like stay away from because I wanted to take them on too. They looked really good. They had um, and everything. I, I think I always try to keep things really, really simple. Like for me, it's not about like a gastronomical experience or like Mm -hmm. um even something that you like would make for somebody else sometimes it's like sometimes you just make stuff that you like feel really good to you but um i love to see what i can do with two things you know like i love to just steam potatoes over really salty water and then like you might just need to add a little like thumb of miso in there Mm -hmm. and some butter or like you know, there's so many other ways you could go with it. Some salt, extra salt and some black pepper. But I just really try to keep it like, you know, it's what's on my counter. And um, that to me is really satisfying when you can like make yourself something that feels nourishing, but also easy and fun, but really like truly delicious too. Do you ever imagine um, yourself opening up a restaurant? Like... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I have like in the past, um i was like putting maybe a little bit more effort into it and had Mm -hmm. some like big dinner parties at um 
that were hosted by other people and stuff. And I would like be kind of cooking and I love cooking over open flame. I kind of grew up doing that too. Um, growing up in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific Northwest. So like mm. my earliest experiences with cooking food were like pulling shrimp out of the bay with my grandpa and my Grammy would already have, you know, like a pot of water and herbs from the garden, like boiling when we got back. And that was always really special to me. It was just like so immediate and so simple, but so satisfying. And then, you know, getting to cook stuff over the fire, um, living by the water, um, whether it was like crab or vegetables, um, that has always appealed to me. And I still do it whenever I can now. Um, but that kind of thing is like, I think I, I feel called to do that, but not in a restaurant setting. I'm yeah. not going to be like some Francis Mallman <laughs> here, or, you know, in the Northeast. I, I, I do it more for like myself and, but not enough. I think that's one of the hardest parts about living here is like not having the, the venue for that. No, or we go out often. I go out a little too often, but not to find dining, not to, you know, places that are a big to do. I love the kind of food you can get in New York for like under $10 is my favorite, favorite, favorite stuff to eat. Mm -hmm. Drop some places. I mean, I'm guilty of like posting spicy village way too often, like for oh, years. Nice. I love spicy village. I love the vegetable hoi mei. That's a great spot. I even just love popping over to the bodegas. Like once you, I know this is so corny and like everyone in New York is like, who the bodega? But it's true. Like once you have been in your neighborhood or, you know, lived in a neighborhood for a while, you find the one that kind of like cooks the thing you like the way that you like it. And they're also mm -hmm. different. Like they're people behind every single one. And, you know, like some people just have a magic touch with like falafel or rice or like spinach wrap or something like that. So I don't know. I get really hyped on like finding little stuff. I love to go to Flushing. I love to go to Long Island city. There's a lot of really amazing food in Long Island city too. I yes. used to live right across the bridge at the very tip top of Greenpoint not quite the TikTok, but close enough to bike. And like Hibino is a great Japanese spot. I love that place. Um, yeah. Feel, feel like it's pretty bottomless. It really is. And, you know, if I had a car, I'd go to Flushing, honestly, every day. Seven train. That's true. Just hop on the seven. Yeah, G to the seven and you're set. So much more hop pleasant than driving up there. That's true. Having done having done both, it's like um, the trains better. I know G to the seven, but if I I used to live in Astoria, so I oh, wish okay. I I I wish I knew about the hidden gems and flushing. If I could go back in time, definitely, maybe who knows, move out to flushing. Yeah, but one of my favorite like moments of ever living in new york was just going up there with my best friend christopher um he's a an incredible drummer and um but he's also like as big on eating as he is on like anything in his life mm -hmm. um family or music or performing or whatever it's like food is as big of a part i um, mean he's an amazing cook too he's filipino food um but we went up there together and ate at like 
seven different places, maybe more if you count, you know, the New World Mall food court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there was a lot to get there, but that was so incredible. And like the food is just un- unbelievable. But that is just how many places on earth could you eat food from like 14 different cultures in two hours, you know? I mean, I could eat a lot. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I mean, I could do it right now. It sounds good. Your friend who's a drummer, have you practiced with them before? Can you still compose? I do. I, I'm not composing really actively right now. Um, mm-hmm. I play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I play bass clarinet here at home. Uh, it's just sort of like a personal thing. And that's like what I started on. Um, was the regular clarinet when I was in fifth grade. And I went to college on like a saxophone scholarship. That is mm-hmm. like my, I thought that was what, who I was going to be for my whole life is like um, saxophone as a musician. And I am that, but it's just not the way I thought it would be when I was younger. Right. But I picked up the bass clarinet last winter and it's been so fun to just have out. It's a beautiful object and a thing to look at and to have mm-hmm. in your house. It makes my home feel more like a home for one thing, but also it's just really fun to play and to have something as an outlet. Um, and I'm not like trying to record it or like TikTok it or anything. It's more just like it's there to, to play and um, that feels really good. So not so much composing as just like playing etudes or like improvisation, things like that. Wow. Not getting out of PE actually did pull off <laughs> i kind of wish in hindsight i would have like focused on pe a little bit more but yeah um yeah i some things don't change though so i'm glad i've got a clarinet and a horn like a horn in my life so mm-hmm. so yeah but you're also giving tennis do you have you ever gone out and played tennis no no really <laughs> i'm not i played maybe like once or twice in my whole life when I was a teenager in Arizona. Um, but I cannot think of a single other time that I, I did. Okay. Then I, I'd like I to, you can do anything, but pickleball. I was, I was walking by McCarran park and I, yeah, it's not looking too good. It's not looking too good. That's such a bummer. I actually don't think the game is that bad. I think it's just one of those things that had a flashpoint, like, cultural moment and the culture that snatched it up is you know what it is but the game itself like it's like easy tennis or like altered tennis or something like that i don't think there's anything wrong with it. it's just one of those things it has this allure in the name or something it feels like i don't know just had one of those viral moments so whatever that means too bad though i i mean i have played pickleball more than i played tennis but this was as like a kid in 1991 in Kent, Washington, um, like in a cul-de-sac. And it was really fun. Um, so I was actually a little surprised to see this whole pickleball flare up. I still don't really know exactly what's going on with it, but I know that it's kind of like a Petri dish of pickleball. <laughs> That's gross a great way of putting it. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the brand head like definitely, took that viral moment because everyone 
of when I was walking by McCarran Park. Everyone had a head racket and I just like literally a quarter of the size of a regular racket. And then I looked over and people were playing kickball and there's like a bunch of kickball uh, clubs. And I was, I was so close. I used to play kickball a lot. I was so close to joining the kickball club because one of my good friends just signed up to a kickball club. And I thought, wow, I'm about to be like one of those people that just like walks by one of these clubs. I'm shaking your head <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> and it looks like fun. So I might, I might do, but they could do a little update on like the shirts they wear and whatever, but whatever. It's all for the game. Yeah. The rest is just details. I know. I just got to like play it with my eyes shut or something. Yeah. I, that's where I go to, that's where I go a lot. I, even though I live in Bed-Stuy, I don't know where to next. I somehow, I just somehow end up in Williamsburg and Greenpoint just by like walking over there. Do you ever walk south of where, like of Williamsburg? I'm, I'm guessing that you're- All the time. Point. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always, I'm at the very bottom of Williamsburg bef- before it gets really Hasidic and- um, I I walk down in there all the time, but that I also go to Bedstuy all the time in the other sort of direction, still down, but just on the other side. I, I go to like Prospect Park a lot with Bruno, my dog. But yeah, I'm always popping around. I'm always in different neighborhoods. I feel like part of the fun of living here is like where you live is like sort of a technicality and like mm-hmm. you can just go be somewhere else pretty quick. Um, so I'm I'm always around. I go to the, I'm so close to the, lower east side too so i go there a lot um when i first started coming to new york like 12 13 years ago i would stay for a month or two out of the year for work and i was always in the lower east side um staying in friends apartments and stuff like that and so it still feels kind of like home base to me in a funny way but yeah i do go i do go south a lot um spend a lot of time down by like herbert von king Mm-hmm. Um, that zone in Bed-Stuy I love it down there the Lower East Side it's changed so much yeah you go to service a lot go to where service I've been a couple of times um, I have a friend who's involved with that restaurant I think it's really good but I don't go there a lot that's the kind of like dining experience that I also co- kind of like classify as that like it's not fine dining but it's at a level of dining that I don't really I, I don't really like visit that often mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm really like at the kind of grab and go or like pizza like a slice of pizza type spot or mm-hmm. noodles or like uh, um that kind of stuff that's like what i go up to sandwiches oh, man i bet you make a great sandwich i try it's been a while that sounds pretty good today though i would definitely have a sandwich today. <laughs> me too I'm surprised that, have you ever, so you're in, like, you used to compose, like, well, you still do, but taking a little break, you're in, you're as a designer, like, do you, have you ever DJed out in public or anything? I've done some, like, playlisting and some curation, but Mm -hmm. I've never actually gone through and, like, started a DJ set together. I don't really feel like adding that to some sort of, like, multi-hyphenate stack, like, Mm -hmm. I, I do feel pretty you know, I touch a lot of stuff, like I feel pretty focused on what I'm 
doing. It's not something I, I ever wanted to like pursue meaningfully right now anyway. Who knows? When I'm like 50, maybe I just want to be doing interiors and, and playing music. That sounds, that sounds so nice. Yeah. Like who wants to be pushing pixels forever? <laughs> but who knows? But like, yeah, I, I don't really do that. How did you like fall into design, I guess? Because when we used to, when we talked, right? When I was a barista, we didn't really know each other, but we just like suddenly just learned about each other through I don't know just like the same things that we like liked but were you always like this yeah I mean it's kind of a long story but I can do the cliff note version it's just that I had a complicated relationship with music that I'd been going for like 14 years already when I was 24 and so um, I was playing this big festival in Europe I had this moment in front of like thousands of people where I went to play a song for like the millionth time that I know by heart and like I put my horn up to my face and like nothing came out and I was looking at everyone and I was like oh my god like is this my life like what am I doing here mm -hmm. and I kind of like put the horn down after that experience the show went fine after that but I had this moment where like my brain fell out almost immediately after I was just running around a lot and I was still with all my musician friends. I was still playing in bands and stuff a lot and performing, but I started taking photos with like a dis disposable camera, not a disposable, but a Walgreens loyalty camera where they refill it for free as long as you keep developing it there. Oh, that's so awesome. I was taking pictures of friends who are in bands, just being out. I didn't even know like how to shoot photos it ended up being like people started asking me like, Hey, can you take my photo for this press release? Or like, Hey, I'm going to put out this tape. Can I use your photo on the back that you took of me? And I was putting out these stupid photos on like a Tumblr that no one followed. It was like almost private. Then that kind of spiraled into like, I started putting words on things and I started making like very shitty show posters and randomly at the same time, one of my best friends who I always go to visit in Paris ended up pulling me in off the street just by like on site at this shop that was sort of like a predecessor to like Toto Kayo and stuff mm -hmm. over in Seattle called Blackbird. And it used to be the only place you could get stuff that you would normally find at like Barney's or like beautiful perfume. So I, I ended up working there and I started making signs for the shop and I started like designing things there and designing packaging. And, um, I did not know anything i was just going by like heart and using my eyeball but i started shooting e-commerce images i had to figure out in like one day how to run like a strobe in a studio and like mm -hmm. i had never used an slr and they were like we need these images by tomorrow and i was like yeah okay so it all kind of happened in that funny way but at a certain point it had been a couple years and i was putting work out i had a really small website and someone reached out and was like, hey, you should apply to work at this studio that I work at. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, there's like a job for creative open. I was like, what do you like? This is a job. Like, I didn't realize it was something I could do, like at a place where people were doing that thing. Mm -hmm. So I applied and I ended up getting hired um, as a junior creative. This is like a decade ago now. So it was all through like, just me putting stuff out and being surprised by it and learning 
from people over time. And then that, that kind of put me on a different trajectory. I met people who are like CDs, eighties and stuff like that. And I worked with all these incredibly inspiring people, kept making my own work with musicians, dancers, that kind of stuff. But, um, long story short, it's like, was an AD here in New York. And then I freelance as a design director, AD doing creative direction stuff on the side, making print work, making more photos, making like more world building projects. Mm -hmm. And that ended up um, pushing me toward starting our studio with Josh, um, the other half of Collect. Um, And we've been doing it for over four years now. And um, yeah, it's hard to describe the ride. That was not as cliff notesy as I wanted to, but it was just almost by accident. That's how it usually goes, right? Yeah, yeah. But over time, I've been so thankful to learn so much from like capital D designers who mm-hmm. schooled me on like how to like typeset. <laughs> like I was doing design work where I was on the hook to do like publications and I didn't know like how to flow text into an InDesign. Like I didn't know that stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like I eventually get it done, but I feel so grateful where I got so much of an education from just being around people who are really good at different things. And I'm not the best at all of those things, but I know how to do it now. And I know how to work with people who do it, um, which has put me in a good spot to like build bigger projects because I've been exposed to so much, whether it's like editing or producing a shoot or shooting a shoot or um, making a logo. Like we do all that stuff, but it's a, it's a composite of all these different amazing people that I consider to be like mentors um, along the way and have, shaped our my pov on that stuff even though it's a unique story to all of us i feel like there's a lot of us out there yeah and like some people go to design school and then they go get a design job and that's also cool like i wish sometimes that my past was less fraught with like uncertainty or Mm -hmm. i'm also very grateful for the way it went but yeah people especially in new york have such incredible stories and that's like the thing that keeps me here too is like we all know we're making like huge compromises to live here. It's like miserable in certain Mm -hmm. ways. And so much is like too expensive and inhumane. And like, I just feel like no matter what though, at the end of the day, if you go to talk to almost anyone here, whether they're in your industry or adjacent or not at all, or like someone on the sidewalk, they're all like doing something that is so like inspiring. Well, Andrew, where is a place you go to hang your hat at the end of the day? Whether it's you are prepping for the next day or you're getting your ideas or you're just brainstorming for a different project. Is there a place that you like to go, whether it's in New York City, Paris, or anywhere else in the world? Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I I want to feel good at home. And that's like, at the end of the day, I always leave. We go play, we go throw the ball and stuff. And then I always want to be able to come back here and like settle everything and mm-hmm. then like make this the zone, have some incense burning, um, get squared away, do nothing, think about everything. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's home. I, I like, unfortunately, it's hard to cultivate this space and right. make it what it is. For me, that's like the most important. I like don't go to somewhere else to like sit at a bar or like 
I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all about like coming back here at the end of the day and being being at peace here. Me as well. I like that. Well, hats off to you and everything that you do for some Dasar Wear Many Hats solutions. Have you ever made a photo zine of your photographs? You take beautiful photos. We've, you know, compared or not compared, but we've looked at each at each other's like photos before and and our edits and we you know we try different cameras and film stocks. Um have you ever made a photo zine before? No, it's definitely something I've wanted to do. I'm so focused on like other projects all the time that it feels like such an afterthought, but it's definitely something I'm gonna do through our imprint editions. And yeah, it's like some of my friends have done stuff that super inspires me that's like really low touch, but like is a fun way to like treat photography. We're making a set of postcards, my friends, Martin Zad and I, we're also doing a book together with our imprint, but he's did this beautiful set of postcards and sort of a love letter to New York, mm-hmm. all these beautiful phone photos that he took. Um, but I'm super inspired by that kind of like thinking of like zany or scrappy or stuff mm-hmm. where it's not like, this is my coffee table monograph. It's more like, I have this little idea and I want to make them some, yeah, I would love to. That's the short answer. Yeah. I should have hit you up to have editions or collect at the commercial type Dasar zine fair with Hester Street Fair that's coming up August 26th. Would have loved to have you have a table, but you know, with deadlines and whatnot. Next Probably time. too short, but who knows? Yeah. Next who time. Knows? You probably could cook them up so fast. You know, our deadlines. Probably do something. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be swell. But yeah, you should definitely come out to our zine fair. It's our first annual zine fair. No, no cool. matter, you know. None of yeah, that. well, there's there's room for for everyone. There is, <clears throat> Andrew. If you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? A quote? Oh, I mm-hmm. forgot you sent this, and I didn't prepare anything. It's okay. Um, wow, that's hard. I can't think of a single quote that I can even remember right now. Um. I don't know. Has anyone um, pleaded the fifth on this before? Isn't that the one with the right to silence? Which one is it? (laughs) I don't know the Constitution. You should just get pleading the fifth, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah, total silence. Total fucking silence. Um, (laughs) That's good, actually. You know, if I think of it, let me get back to you. I just... I don't know. I'm not big on like the words thing. You don't have any words tatted on you. I, I would just feel like you would have a word tatted on you, with all the tattoos no that, are, that are scattered, scattered on your arms. No, there's gotta be a word, a word or two. No, there's not a word on my arms. So let me get back to you. Uh, I will actually follow up. I promise. E E O D. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, I'll have to get back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it will be only on 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 this in this moment in time, but it's it's completely cool. Yeah, yeah. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? I'm at Andrew JS mm-hmm. underscore in between Andrew and JS. I'm also very excited. We and editions are are launching like a little online digest, mm-hmm. which is all about 
people um, living with books. And the premise is, is quite simple. It's just, you know, pick a favorite art book in your house that means something to you. This is not poetry, not literature, but that mm-hmm. a visually focused book that's like, you know, about interiors or graphic design or your favorite artist monograph or what is it? Whatever it is to you, tell us why that book's important to you. And then beyond that, we're just getting a little short bios from people and they're taking photos of the book, like favorite pieces from it, spreads from it or in their space, in their apartment. And that's that's the entire thing. And that is at editions mag, editions.mag. That is something that's going to be coming out soon. So I'm very excited about that. It's kind of like the reason why I got into this in the first place is like making these totemic objects that round out the space. And like I've made a few books already through the imprint and also outside of it. Yeah, they're kind of like my life. And I grew up such a huge part of it other people's lives and i want to explore that a little bit more in a very simple way and so i'm really excited about the people who have already sort of shared so but tbd on when that's coming out not too long well where manhattan and just would love to participate too so we'll shoot you a, a prompt that would be amazing yeah well thank you andrew for coming on where many hats it was great to have you yeah thanks for having me i'm super super honored Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar and I'm Rashad. Peace.